Well, hello, my friends. Today, the uncomfortable truth is really an uncomfortable truth. It's about teachers' unions. Let me say that my wife was a teacher, belonged to the union because she had to. My sister was a teacher all her professional life until her retirement belonged to the union she had to. All of my wife's friends were teachers as she got through school. I've taught on occasion, but my subject today is teachers' unions, and I wonder what they've really achieved. Teachers are among the very lowest paid of all professions, the very lowest paid. And you can't deny that. It's not just uh, propaganda. Some teachers are almost on food stamps. Perhaps some are. They make very, very low salaries for people with college educations. The recent protests demonstrate this. West Virginia, Arizona, and elsewhere. Teachers in the streets refusing to go to school, breaking the law by striking because their pay was so low and there was no other way to bring attention to it. These protests were not organized by the unions and the people making six figures running the unions. These protests were spontaneous. The unions backed them once they were out in the streets, but it was the frontline teachers who walked out. It wasn't a union-organized protest. Teachers have among the lowest grade point averages in college of anyone. People pursuing degrees in teaching and education have among the lowest grade point averages. I was speaking once with one of my clients, Bob Carruthers, who at the time was the president of the University of Rhode Island. And I asked him why there was such inferior teaching in schools. Why did teachers have low grade point averages? And he told me he thought it was about debt. He told me that these were people in his estimation, by and large, who couldn't afford to pay off huge amounts of debt, so they went to schools that didn't require huge tuitions. And so they didn't have much debt, but they didn't get a great education either. And they went to schools that weren't all that good. That was his opinion, the president of the University of Rhode Island. So they're easy colleges to get into. The coursework is easy. And if any of you have ever seen or taken a course in education from professors of education, it is laughable to the extent that you have to wonder what planet you're on. Teaching is highly politicized. Faculty unions and colleges easily deny other people tenure. When you're a tenured faculty in college, you have a lifetime pass. I mean, you have to actively be watching pornography on your screen while robbing a liquor store to get fired. And a lot of these professors seldom ever teach. They make votes of no confidence against their department heads and against the president of the university. And they radicalize the classrooms. Education, academia, is one of three major areas that are excessively liberal and progressive. The other being Hollywood. And the third, the media. I remember being in a coffee shop here on Main Street And there was a woman in there sitting by herself having some coffee. It was a school day, but it was close to 9 o'clock in the morning. And the coffee shop owner and I and some others were talking about the local teacher strike. And sure enough, she was there because she was on strike sitting in the coffee shop. And when she voiced this strong opinion, not knowing who she was, we asked about her and she said, I am a Warwick, that's the city, I am a Warwick educator. A Warwick educator. People used to say they were teachers. But she said she was an educator because she was embarrassed to say she's a teacher. 
in New York City, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, there's a rubber room. There's a room where teachers who are accused of any number of things, including watching pornography on their computers, have to show up every day to earn their money. That is, they can't be fired, or they might be in the process of years and years of negotiation and arbitration and investigation, but to be paid, and they're not suspended without pay, they report to this room every day for the school day, six hours, whatever it is, and they're monitored, they sign in, and they do crossword puzzles and read books. And these teachers are paid. It was on a Law and Order episode once. Yet my teachers were great. In the 1950s, when I was in grammar school, Mrs. Grothusen and Miss Steffenauer and Mrs. Fleming and Miss Mandelkern and uh, Mrs. O'Brien and Miss Barrettini and Mrs. Johnson and Mrs. Lippert and Mr. Heitman, they were superb teachers. And I just named you from memory. It's not written on this sheet in front of me where I keep my bullet points. I just named from memory on the spur of the moment all of my grammar school teachers who enforced discipline, who were supported by the parents, uh, who held open houses at night so that both my mother and father could attend, uh, and who dressed the part, who were role models. I recently had the occasion over the past couple of months, and you can read more about this on my blog, uh, contrarianconsulting.com, to be in both a top private school and top public school here in Rhode Island for different purposes. And I find an overwhelming assortment of politically correct signs, so many warnings about what to do if you're bullied, that it almost seems that if someone offers you feedback or suggests how to correct something that you're bullying them, instructions about how to use the water fountain correctly, and signs on bathrooms such as, and I do not make this up, gender-neutral faculty restroom. And so our schools today are nothing like the school I just named with those teachers I named. But if I went to the schools today, there's no way I'd be who I am today. And so there are theoretically noble jobs in the world, which astoundingly are unionized and turn into blue-collar jobs. One is teachers and another is airline pilots. Airline pilots in particular astound me. It's a subject for another uncomfortable truth. But these are men and women with superb skills, careful training, great discipline, monitored closely, responsible for the lives of hundreds of thousands of people every year, and they're unionized. I think the teachers today, in grammar school and high school, especially in the United States, deserve far better pay. They're not paid enough. I think they deserve far better classroom protection. They shouldn't have classes of 35 and 40 kids. They shouldn't have kids with severe behavioral and even physical problems mainstreamed so that it diverts attention from the rest of the class and also calls upon them to provide behaviors and skills and support which they're not equipped to provide. They're not trained to provide. They deserve smaller classes and they deserve more respect. But in return, we deserve parents and students, the customers, far higher quality, seeing the student as the customer, being the proper role model, not acting like one of the guys, dressing appropriately. The unions are never going to accomplish that. They oppose things like charter schools and all kinds of innovation because these things are good for the students, but not for the teachers. 
Albert Shanker, the infamous, in my opinion, president of the United Federation of Teachers and then the American Federation of Teachers for over 30 years, <clears throat> making well into six figures, was asked once why his groups, his professional associations and unions, didn't organize more initiatives for the students. And he said famously, when the students elect the president of the American Federation of Teachers, then I'll support initiatives for the students. It's no different today. Our kids are paying the price, and so are we. And that, unfortunately, is the uncomfortable truth. <laughs>